So today I hope to uh, probably discuss the new article written by C12. And so I guess the one topic would be the um, future directions Bison Relay could go into, what kind of applications it enables. Uh, not just imagining what's now immediately possible with the current social media applications, but also other possible applications that people can imagine and that can inspire them. And uh, the other thing uh, I want to discuss is also some, uh, let's say, some concepts related to Lightning Network that um, came up last time, um, and uh, it's really good that Bison Relay, using Bison Relay gives us a chance to learn more about uh, how Lightning Network actually works, because, usually, because to be honest, previously I didn't even have um, much of a motivation to learn about uh, Lightning Network in detail, and um, Using Bison Relay now gives me a, a motivation to do so, to be honest. I, I knew before just, just approximately how it all works, but now um, using Bison, Bison Relay, I think many people will um, finally be forced, forced or will uh, be motivated, let's say, to learn more about Lightning Network. Um, welcome the Decret Society, uh, C12 and FST. Hey man, how's it going? Oh, it's going great, thank you. Merry Christmas. Oh yeah, Merry Christmas to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to chip in on what you were saying about learning, learning Lightning Network. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I've never had any reason to in the past. I've, I've chipped away at it, but it's been very complex and now it just feels the right moment to kind of dive in deep. So yeah, it's good stuff. I'm looking forward to this one. Exactly, exactly. Um, for me, first time I test, tested it ever, it wasn't on uh, it wasn't on Bitcoin actually. To be honest, I never even tried it on Bitcoin. Uh, the only time was with the Exitus. We were testing it on uh, on the testnet, and we were uh, trying to send it, each other some atoms over testnet. And um, yeah, it, my my finding back then was that it's fascinating how fast it is. Like I was blown away by by the speed and um, but at the same time, and even setting it up wasn't so, so difficult to be honest, but at the same time, I still uh, struggled with some really uh, intuitive understanding of how it works because it's so different from let's say layer one uh, UTXO kind of logic of how to spend, how to receive coins and so on. Yeah, it's interesting how, uh, like, even if the only benefit of Bison Relay is uh, bootstrapping Lightning adoption within the Decred community, that's already like a massive benefit, and we can see that like the number of nodes is massively increasing lately. Yeah, that's a good point. Did I see where it's up to three hundred um, channels? So uh, there is a map, Lightning Network map that you're checking. Uh, is the one that Caramble made? Um, yeah, I've checked both actually. I've checked um, Jamie's one as well. Um, and yeah, for when 
when Jamie's went back online, it said 175 channels. And I checked just a minute ago, and it was like 312 channels. And the, the liquidity on the Lightning is now 150 DCR, all the way from something like 40. Uh, yeah, so, so the onboarding has been absolutely amazing, even at this point. And I was counting that it looks like we're close to 100 people actually using Bison Reload. So, well, one week and a couple of days, I think that's, I think that's really amazing. Right, so it seems like the, um, the expansion is almost like exponential here of um, how much uh, value is locked in Lightning and how many um, Lightning nodes there are. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember what the nodes were. That was 300 channels. And nodes, I can't remember what that, what that stat said. I'll, I'll have a look, quick look now. So let me take that opportunity to wish all of you Merry Christmas as well. Merry so, Christmas. yeah. Yeah, to all of you, to all of our listeners, uh, I don't know if we're going to go over um, over the time that we did last time, which was close to three hours. I don't think so, but uh, <laughs> still, that was, uh, that, was, that was quite an achievement. I've listened back to it as well. <laughs> it was yeah. really good. Yeah, okay. we're, always co- we're always competing with something last time with the... Uh, with the game and now with well now with Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a little unfortunate. But uh, the good thing about these spaces is that um, you know they can be played back whenever, yeah. basically, right? So if you're listening to this and uh, it's already past Christmas, don't worry. You know we still re- retroactively have wished you a a, a merry Christmas. So. <laughs> So uh, the thing um, about these two lightning maps, uh, the Tycoon, uh, I spoke to Jamie a few days ago, uh, just around the time when he, when, he, when he brought it back up. And he said that basically that's not a project that he had himself coded. It's, um, I think it was, was natively made for, uh, for the Bitcoin um, lightning network. So he reworked a few, uh, a few bits, tweaked it here and there, and adapted it for for our use, and uh, kind of as a result, I've no idea what kind of a lag rate delay there is, um, you know, tracking the real time stats. But uh, when you check Caramble's uh, map, um, you know they're not exactly in sync. But still, you know, both of them give you a, a you know a good enough approximation of of the rate of growth of um, of, of Decred's Lightning Network. Which yeah, I think you know, you know, um, there are small pleasures in life. Like you know, nowadays, you know, I just I just log into the map and I see, oh, it's got more channels. Oh, it's got more nodes. Oh, you know, the capacity is growing, and you know, it just brings brings very warm feelings to my heart. Yeah, I think Crambles is probably the most accurate because it, it's running from from his um, LND node. But I've, I've got it up now, and it says we're we're up to 140 nodes. 303 channels and 143 um, coin capacity. Um, I, I'd love to check that against a Bitcoin one, or turn, um, like uh, what, what the Bitcoins look like, because obviously before Bison Relay went live, you know, just over a week ago, the capacity was really, really low. Like I say, I think, it, I, I can't remember, someone have to quote me on this, but... Yeah, I think, but, but, sure. I, I think I, uh, I had to look at um, a similar thing for, for Bitcoin and 
you know, quite predictably, it's it's nowhere near. But uh, still, it's uh, it's a good start. I mean, you know, all networks had to start somewhere. I think it's five thousand Bitcoin, if I'm not mistaken, right now for Bitcoin. I think five thousand was uh, recently passed. But wow, uh, you know what would be cool to see the rate of uh, let's say rate of uh, of increase of this number, right? So as Bitcoin, the Bison Relay expands, I would like to see how fast it's growing compared to how fast Bitcoins was growing. Because it's, uh, even though they will, they will be orders of magnitude higher in number, right? If we are growing faster, I think that would be really interesting. And another thing uh, that came to mind is that, you know what? Um, I wonder if, if it makes sense or not. Maybe it doesn't make sense what I will say now, but... Do you think it would make sense if the Bison Relay client itself displayed this um, graphical map at some point? I don't know. It would be cool, maybe. Yeah, either that or actually directly on DCR data would be really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's actually interesting that it's only 5,000 BTC on Bitcoin. I, I kind of had the impression that it's more, but that's not actually that much. I, I think maybe not in uh, in USD terms, but in like, Coin, uh, coin terms, we can beat, beat it. Yeah, I think this shows that the, in some ways, probably the technology is still early, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, not... having like a hundred extra this year in just a week, that's, that's like a very good path to reaching that. Exactly. I mean, if this is the, if this is the rate of, uh, acceleration of this i mean it would be it would grow really quickly uh i was just reading this your article before and uh, c12 and it's really um you make really interesting um point so i, I guess you were you were thinking about uh, use cases of uh, bison relay that uh aren't usually discussed right yeah and and kind of uh, ones where it's like clearly the the best option and other alternatives like Nostra or others are uh, are just not not that great at those use cases. And so yeah, I was thinking uh, Bison Relay is kind of designed under the assumption of like a really adversary environment, right? So it's like Jake wrote in the article. It kind of assumes that major pieces of infrastructure are uh, compromised, and then the the privacy and security choices are kind of uh, overkill in that sense, but it's the, the ideal scenario for certain use cases where you actually need uh, privacy and security like those uh, network state applications where a group of individuals becomes kind of self-sovereign and creates a new state which could be attacked by existing states or other digital states and then you actually need extreme security to make sure it, like the, the functioning of such state is uh, it's not interrupted. Yeah, that's, yeah, that was like one of the examples I've given. Right, that's uh, really fascinating. I mean, the, the, the idea of a digital state has been one of, uh, I would say, the main vision behind Jake's uh, um, vision for Decred. Because I remember, you know, from the earliest interview he ever made, um, I think it was in 2016, the first video interview. And uh, um, I remember 
the first thing basically he talked about was was that Decred is a digital state. So yeah. I think that's really part of his uh, most basic yeah. vision. Yeah, and it's interesting how we're kind of always the first uh, use case of all those things, right? We are kind of building things that work for us, and then other uh, organizations like us can then use those tools as well. So, yes, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, that's a fascinating point. I mean, this is uh, uh, this is the decred way, right? Something something that we find that we we need. Like, okay, social media is broken. We make our own version of social media. Exchange exchanges are broken. We make our own. Yeah. Um, you know, also the, the idea of digital states is. I, I think even back then it sounded so futuristic and so like you know dreamy. Um, like, okay, maybe someday uh, such ideas are important, but let's focus on, you know, let's focus on digital gold now, you know, who cares about this stuff? But um, today, I think today is very different, really. The, the landscape is totally changed because of um, all that's happened with censorship uh, and the trust in institutions is so low. I don't remember ever it, be, it being so low as it is now. So I think many people... Uh, this idea of having to uh, restructure or uh, start so reboot society, I think this is much closer to people's hearts now than it used to be. Yeah, certainly. And and like I wrote in the article, like the the actual tech needed is already here, uh, especially with virus, virus and relay, but also like multi-sig. It's such simple technology, but allows like any group of individuals to create like a treasury and all of those individuals can be anonymous uh, and dispersed across like the entire globe, uh, so we could potentially even like start a micro state within our group here. Uh, so yeah, it's it's re really close in my view. That's fascinating. Yeah, what, what you said that multi-sig is basically so uh, such a okay, let's say simple technology, but at the same time, I, I really think uh, its uses haven't been explored fully yet. Yeah, yeah. Like the the only negative is that you cannot. Uh, kind of easily exchange uh, kind of participation rights, whereas with something like Decred, you can trade tokens, which are kind of like the uh, digital passport, uh, digital digital states passport, right? And you can trade those and kind of uh, decide how much you are a citizen in a way. Uh, and so I think that's like the ultimate goal to be able to kind of move in and out of different uh, organizations like that just by trading. Um, but like in the meantime, multi-sig will be a great option. So, what you, you you're talking about DAOs? Do you mean like uh, sub? What what we usually we usually call the sub DAOs? Uh, I I mean I think sub DAOs are uh, kind of uh, talked about in terms of doing stuff for Decrypt specifically. But I mean. What, what, I'm, what I'm talking about is just DAOs for completely different use cases. Like you create some organization for, for a specific goal and instead of doing it like the legal way where you register a company and all that, uh, you just gather a group of, of un anonymous individuals and you pull funds together and nobody knows each other and you're only united by like the central goal of doing whatever you want to do. So I was uh, thinking about uh, sub DAOs many times, and every time I think like, you know, in very pragmatic terms, uh, if you 
look at other DAOs on Ethereum and so on, right? It seems what attracts people is this token aspect, right? So mm. having, having their own token. And I always wondered, okay, we can do this on, uh, I mean, we can do DAO, sub DAOs or DAOs on Decred, but because Decred is already a DAO. So, um, so let's, that's why I, I usually use the term sub DAO. But every time I encounter this, uh, let's say, this issue in my, um, in my thinking, like how would it work without a token, right? Because not, not that it cannot, but it, I, it, it seems this is what is moving people, like this is what is motivating people to create DAOs and so on. Do you think it, would be, it could work without a token? Yeah, and, and I think the reason why it's working like this on ETH is because like, none of these DAOs actually offer anything else than like, the promise of, potential gain or something like that, or, or I don't know, they're kind of used for, I think, various like trading platforms, if I'm not mistaken. So that's like, not, that's not a very ambitious goal or anything or like disruptive goal. Uh, but I think us, uh, wait, can you hear me? Oh, yes, 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 perfectly. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, as the world becomes more chaotic, there will become a like necessity for uh, those DAOs to kind of act as digital states and then like the token versus no token is just like a design choice uh, and I think the benefit of the token to me like the on main benefit is that you can easily kind of uh, onboard new members or uh, or, or leave uh, whereas when, when you create a multi-sig it's kind of set in stone once it, once it's created then those participants kind of Will always be members of that multisig unless you kind of create create a new one with new participants and move the funds uh, to the new one. So to me, that's the that's the main difference. Okay, okay, I understand. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I spoke to someone uh, whom I also invited to this uh, space. I don't know if he will join us or not, but he he had this take on Decred because he's uh, par partially he. He's a fan of Decred, but partially he's also critical. And um, but his criticism is not really a criticism; it's like just a choice of, let's say, um, choice of how you approach things. And basically, his take is that everything in Decred is made under like a crisis assumption, right? Like everything is thought of as as if society is about to collapse, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, and and when things are going great, this this kind of thinking really seems paranoid and, you know, but when things aren't going well, like in the last couple of years, I think it's now it seems um, almost prophetic how, uh, how yep. the group are always thinking in this manner. Yeah. Yeah. And so. that's kind of like a definition of anti-fragility in a sense, right? We're kind of uh, all benefiting from chaos in this scenario. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Fascinating, fascinating. Um, and uh, would you also like to say a word or two about the other users you see? You mentioned uh, basically like a so ah, an interesting. Uh, I wonder if people still remember so sick. That that's an old one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just just kind of something I remember because it was used for like mm -hmm. DJing and, and music and all that stuff. So from my background, it's it was nice. Uh, but but yeah, I, I think like currently the only reason that those services are not taking over completely is just the uh, convenience aspect where it's like, oh, it's easier to, for you to 
just pay for Netflix subscription and watch a movie there instead of like pirating. Although, actually, due to like so many different providers like Netflix, Amazon, and all those, it's actually sometimes easier to just pirate instead of doing all those subscriptions just to watch that single movie, right? Mm. Yeah. But but I think yeah, with Bison Relay and how easy it is and how private it is. Uh, and how reliable it is to kind of distribute data on, to, on a massive scale, I think that will be like the, uh, the final nail in that coffin, uh, like I wrote. That's a fascinating idea, but uh, uh, allow me another uh, stupid question. But basically, one would, in, in this sense, one would only uh, use it to, let's say, post uh, torrent files, or would it be like wholly, wholly another thing unrelated to torrent? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, uh, I think the kind of uh, the current uh, paywall aspects that we discussed, they are not related to uh, to torrents, right? And that seems to be working well. Okay. Yes. Yes. I understand. I understand. So you could just like, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure how that would work with massive files like movies and stuff. Yeah, that's what that's what I meant basically. I'm not. I also not sure. I never. Um, the only times I tried, the only time I tried so far to use this uh, uh, feature is uh, the user Crumble posted a picture on Bison Relay where you could download it for a payment, high quality version, mm-hmm. and that uh, that uh, for me I think it didn't work so well. But of course now it's everything is so early. Uh, but but the, my question is with huge files, yes, like will we need a torrent? Or or is Python relay enough? I'm not sure about that. Like, let's say 30 gigabytes. I don't know how how will that work. What will be the speed and, and so on? I haven't tested this yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. Like, kind of the way I was imagining it, it maybe is like you have a always on node in your house or somewhere as a kind of as a merchant, and on that node you have like a storage where you input. Uh, files and then people can access that storage uh, through like micropayments. Uh, Interesting. Kind of like that, but, but uh, I'm not sure if that's like the that's, uh, that's the ideal solution given the design of uh, uh, Bison Relay. And and yeah, in that case, that node will also do like all the lightning uh, connection always in the background and stuff like that. And potentially those nodes could also be like uh, implementing built-in uh, LoRa mesh nodes, so it becomes like fully off grid or something. But uh, it's possible I'm just kind of uh, rambling. No, 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 that's really interesting. Uh, guys, uh, do you have any other um, insight about this uh, aspect of um, sharing large files? I haven't... Uh, looked into this aspect yet. Would, would this be entirely no problem in um, Bison Relay? One thing I'd like to um, just just say quickly about um, C12's piece, one thing I, I liked was the idea of having um, where you, a whole bunch of people had to sign up before the file got released. So you literally cover all of your costs before it, before it went out there. Um, but to answer your, your question on on file sharing over over the Lightning platform, there's there's gonna have to be some kind of storage mechanism at some point. I think I I, I don't think it's 
I don't think it would be too clever to to actually pass a file over the light network, especially at one one kilobyte per atom. It's going to end up racking up a, a huge cost. But I could I could certainly see that if you attach some kind of um, peer peer to peer kind of um, you know storage area to to Bison, that could that could work quite well. Where in many respects, like you were saying about the trance, where you you store the same information as somebody else, and then in order to access that that information that isn't, um, you know, um, uh, encoded or whatever, in order to access that, that's where you have to pay the atom, pretty much like the same way you, you said about paying the atom to, to crumble. So multiple people can hold this file, and if they own it, it kind of makes sense for them then to hold it. But in order for you to be able to access it, obviously you would then have to go through the original person, pay your, pay your one atom or, or however much they're going to sell it for, and then you get to, get to download it. Um, and I and I think maybe that that would be quite quite an interesting way. Like I said, I don't know if it would if it would work, but certainly at some point, that if they are going to make this into a fully pledged or fully fledged thing, storage is going to have to be talked about at some point. Yeah, I, I think potentially uh, a good inspiration could be uh, the there's an Agora uh, store on built on like the Stark Nine uh, embassy. I'm not sure if it's built by them or it's they're just using it. Probably the did the latter, but uh, uh, I, I think that they're using kind of the the methods I talked about, where where you store everything on your uh, local device, and then uh, there there are lightning, lightning payments for uh, allowing access to that to other people. But I'm not sure if, if that would be applicable to Bison Relay or not. But that's like some some solution I've seen. Okay. Okay. Oh, who was about yeah, to sorry. speak? Yeah, it was just me. I was. I was just going to say. Yeah, I think. I think it's a. It's definitely a tough one, and, and because it is a paper message um, thing, it's going to be. It's going to come up quite a lot. I think a lot of people are going to be having the same. The same thought in their their head is how are we going to store and share big files? Um, yeah. So I think that's a really good point. And I'm. I'm glad, quite kind of glad we're talking about it right now and see, see right. how far we can take this yeah Sorry, i mean i guess practical practically i guess uh what i said before will be used sometimes like right like basically just posting a torrent file i, I imagine um but the torrent has its own issues like we could go into that but it's not uh, it's not an ideal uh, file sharing either yeah the problem for instance Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, just one more thing. The problem with torrent, for instance, you know, is that um, it's it's only useful for things that are, let's say, popular right now, right? I mean, um, there is no there is no permanence. Like, only if people are um, sharing that file right now, um, then okay, then it works. And another aspect is problematic in torrent. I think is the privacy aspect, which my understanding is it's not uh, it's not great at all but another aspect is it's just used for current things right current files like if so often you will see that some documents or something shared that um don't have any uh, anyone seeding it anymore and so on yeah i've i've had that in the past with with things like that where you, you kind of can't find anyone to kind of host your your file or whatever so yeah 
I can I can definitely see that. And I mean, in many respects, that's probably why things like Netflix have, have kind of come full um, full circle and taken taken dominance over it because obviously on their nodes or on their servers they they host all the files and you just connect into them. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough it's a tough one tough one. Yeah, but I think even with small to medium files, there could be a lot of use cases, right? Like, I mean, I think the only major large file is, is like a movie, but there are so many different kinds of data that could be shared uh, very efficiently just through like the regular lightning way. I think somebody somebody asked like how, how much it would cost to transfer a Bible and it was some tiny amount, if I remember correctly. So um, yes, yes, that's true. That's true. I mean, for text, especially, no problem at all. I mean, you can use Bison Relay as much as you want. I'm chatting a lot, and uh, what I use is pr practically nothing. So f yeah. for text, it's almost free. For um, images, I haven't experienced it yet. I haven't uh, tried it much yet. But for instance, another thing that is not like an NFT, but it's it's not like selling NFTs, but it's a similar thing in some ways, I think, is that, uh, for instance, let's say you, s you share a JPEG of a smaller resolution and then someone can, can pay for get a, to get a source file, right? So like a PSD or whatever is the source file of the image um, or uh, use in, um, in graphic design or whatever. And, um, you know, one other use case I thought of about uh, when it comes to Bison Relay is, um, you know, uh, stuff like uh, G chat GPT right now. We all tried it, I guess, or uh, GPT-3 and so on, these uh, uh, large language models. Uh, they tend to be censored, right? Um, and uh, OpenAI is actually uh, actively working on um, basically censoring it or not, not only censoring, it's not just about censorship. It's also about just limiting it in some way. So it's, uh, so it does, it's better for one single purpose, which is uh, answering questions, uh, uh, providing information and so on. But there are, there are some AI researchers that are trying to, uh, create an open source and uncensored and, uh, no limits version of it. So, Basically, this is a, I think it's a great use for Bison Relay. So you would have this bot there in the chat, right? And you uh, send him, uh, send the bot uh, a prompt, uh, and uh, and you get the, and you get the response for your prompt. And it's perfect because the payment goes through uh, so easily with Lightning Network, right? Because running a large language model. Uh, so-called AI uh, chatbot is expensive. And I think uh, this is another uh, good use for Bison Relay, this uncensored uh, chatbots, large language models paid for by True Lightning Network. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. And then you can also have much more privacy as the person using the AI. Uh, exactly, yeah. exactly. Because yeah. OpenAI and other other companies are constantly harvesting people's uh, prompts. Yeah, and, and yeah, not not just that, but if if you want to do other payment methods, then you have to kind of uh, uh, dox yourself just by inputting your card or whatever. Right, that's a good point. Yes, very true.
Uh, yeah, interesting. Coming uh, coming back to the NFT point you made, I think NFTs could be really useful, and I think that's kind of like to me their ideal use case is uh, kind of monetizing free and open source data, uh, where say you're a musician and you make currently you make some piece of music and somebody uses that without asking you, you're kind of angry and you, you want to kind of force that person to stop doing that or pay you. Uh, but uh, with this new format, we could see a reality where when you make the piece of music, you make it uh, kind of uh, copyright free and open source in a way. Uh, and then the moment you release it, you also attach like an NFT to it. And then everybody that uses this piece of music in like a movie or whatever, uh, kind of increases the awareness uh, of that piece. And then the NFT, which is limited, attached to this piece, becomes like a symbol that attracts all the value. So you kind of extract the value from the uh, digital thing and you allow the digital thing to be fully free and available while still capturing the value in something that's, that's kind of like a token or like a signature of the artist or the creator. That's really interesting. It's kind of like you have a plan to become a fa famous football player and you preemptively like sign a thousand, uh, you know, uh, balls or something <laughs> and to then be able to sell them when you get popular. Yeah, that's a good analogy, yeah. I just remembered something, um, speaking about scalability of the Bison Relay, I think there could be, um, you know, several tiers of how people use it because, you know, in between users, it's, you know, perfectly easy and fine to just exchange small files, you know, images, whatnot. But um, I remembered that I heard of a service that allows you to basically stream data, just like you would on, on Netflix or something, and pay for it uh, by the minute. So basically, um, I think it was a podcast service that you just um, connect to it, you start listening to a podcast, you pledge a specific rate per minute, and they charge you based on, on, on you know, how long you've, uh, you've listened to it. So not only do you not have to download the whole thing, so like take possession of, of the whole thing, you know, it allows you to, to, to pay as you go. And I think currently the way things are set up, um, which, you know, I, I, I suppose it's, uh, it's, it's fair enough to, or it's good to, to drive that point home um, as many times as, as, as possible. We are still in, in very, very early stages. So currently I think um, things are set up um, where, Basically, your the, the node or the computer or the machine that you're running Bison Relay on it serves as your local storage device, right? So, you know, whatever you store on that device, you can you can um, transfer to 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 someone else. But really, I I don't see any um, any obstacles to to that potentially evolving into into something like like that streaming service that I. Um, that I mentioned, because if you extrapolate, for example, if you wanted to send a, a very beefy file to someone, like you know, upwards of you know tens of gigabytes, 
um, you know, if you do that for one person, I suppose that's fine. But if you had, you know, multiple concurrent downloads, that would probably saturate your, your connection and your, your ISP would be very cross with you for that. So um, I suppose that kind of service would, would require very much dedicated infrastructure. So, but uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the, the fundamentals for it uh, and, and, you know, the building blocks um, to support, you know, those kinds of applications are, are pretty much already built in. Yeah, but maybe one thing to remember with those is that uh, all those use cases don't necessarily require kind of extreme levels of privacy. Uh, so we cannot... Uh, kind of be competitive or offer something valuable uh, on that front. So the only way to succeed there is to provide better UX than all the alternatives, like uh, something built on Nostra or uh, there's like a Sphinx uh, app on Bitcoin. So so the, on, the only way we can win is provide much better UX, uh, I think. Well, one thing I just wanted to mention is Going back to uh, what makes Bison Relay so great is I think really the way we usually um, think of internet as being free, uh, how we usually pay for it, basically either through ads, watching ads, or our data being harvested, um, or subscription, right? These are the methods that currently exist. And just if I think, um, how much more sense it makes, you know, intuitively that you pay, like Kozel was describing, that you pay something per minute or per usage, right? It just makes so much more sense. And it's really impossible to do it without microtransactions, without the Lightning Network. I don't see how, how you can do it without that. So um, it seems like for streaming, for uh, the donations, tipping, you know, like Twitch type of stuff, it just makes so much more sense. And uh, and the UX, to be honest, even with these big platforms, is not so great because you need, you need to use PayPal and then you need to use your put your credit card in and then uh, you need to... I mean, it's, it's also a lot of clicks. Just if we measure by the number of clicks you need to do, on Bison Relay, I really click one button and it's, and it's done, right? It's lightning payment sent. So it, we can compete even in, the, even in the department of convenience. That's uh, fascinating to me. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I meant more uh, like Bitcoin Lightning uh, competition, right? Uh, but I think we can still win there because one, we have the treasury to fund development so we can progress much faster. Uh, and also we are able to uh, change Decred, the underlying Decred chain uh, to potentially make Lightning uh, better and easier to use, which is which you could argue it already is because if you want to open the channel, you can easily mix uh, Decred beforehand and very fast. Uh, so that's already a better UX for privacy than, than the Bitcoin solution. So I think, yeah, we can, we can win on that front as well, but we have to really kind of focus on that. Oh, excellent points, yes. Uh, so guys, have you uh, tried uh, what any of the those uh, before mentioned um, Bitcoin Lightning apps? 
I haven't tried any. I'd be really interested to um, know of one, and I'd like to go and kind of have a look at it after this, really, if anyone knows of any good ones. Well, C12 mentioned uh, Sphinx, I think, right? Sphinx is one of the most popular ones, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and actually on the on the UX front, uh, I didn't try it because the UX was too confusing. Like, you have to either set up your own uh, Lightning node uh, or... Uh, ideally, I think they kind of sell you uh, their own Lightning nodes, where you're kind of renting nodes from them or something like that. The, at least when I last checked, it, that's how it worked. And they kind of lost me on that step, whereas by the relay, it took me like two minutes to set it everything up. So we're already kind of winning there, I think. Uh, but yeah, I, I haven't used it. A question I had, and this, this is probably a completely ridiculous question. Um, and like I said at the beginning, I, I need to dig, dig deeper into Lightning Network, but say for instance you open Sphinx, um, can that is is this, is Sphinx on the same Lightning Network? Is it all just one Lightning Network, or are they partitioned in any way? You mean uh, Decred and Bitcoin networks? No, 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 no. No, I mean, I mean, obviously there's only one implementation of of Lightning Network, and this is kind of I'm kind of answering my own question really. But I was just I was I had this thought. If, if you've got all these different services, are they in any way interacting with each other or are they completely separate? Uh, I think, yeah, I think they're, they're all kind of connected as long as they're on the same, uh, on the Lightning built on top of the same chain. And maybe potentially in the future, like the Lightning networks of different chains could interact uh, most likely. Yeah, because another thing I was thinking about is if, is if you built another service outside of Bison Relay on Decred, you know, theoretically, you'd be able to use the security and all the kind of the stuff that's happening on throughout Bison Relay to kind of connect to that. So you almost, you know, you've got an infrastructure there that's that's kind of super secure, but and you don't have to necessarily worry about that because it, you know the infrastructure is, is currently happening on on Bison Relay. And I, I wasn't one hundred percent sure about that. Like I said, I need to do I need to do a lot more research on. Light network. I've been reading some of the chats on Matrix and listening to Mathis go through some of the stuff. It's just it, it's blowing my mind. And I know Kozel put up a couple of links. I've, I'm going to go and watch in a second. But yes, yeah, it's, um, it's it's fascinating. Like I said, I need to dig d deeper. I mean, how far did you get with your research, Kozel? I don't know if you can give us a high overview, if, if possible. Well, um, I believe that. Every app that's built on, on top of the uh, Lightning Network is just going to make the overall network more robust. So the more apps, you know, that are built, the more connections there are between between nodes, you know, the more bandwidth, more throughput there's going to be, and ultimately it's going to to, to, to benefit everyone. And to to go back to to to, to an earlier thing, and um, it, it's good that you're bringing uh, Matthias uh, up because earlier today. I I did a little bit of digging into into his past appearances throughout Decred Media, and this is just a gold mine, basically. I, I, I don't know if you've ever had a um, you know a feeling where, for example, you watch a, a a piece of fiction, you read a book or something, you don't quite understand it, then you return to it a few years later, and all of a sudden, you know, all of it clicks. That's essentially the feeling uh, that I had while re-watching some of Matthias's um, earlier interviews, particularly 
there was a um, his appearance on um, I think it was like was it Decred in Depth? I don't know. One of these. I mean, we we've had a few, but uh, there was like uh, quite a long interview, like almost an hour and a half. Uh, back in the day when when Dustin was was a marketing lead and it was a, a an interview between Dustin Jake and and, and Matthias and it it just feels like you know that interview could have been you know uh recorded yesterday even though it was it was like you know three years ago when um you know back back when um you know lightning network was being kind of you know turned on for, for for the first time and uh, I really recommend like for, for all fans and you know for, for all people who are curious about how how all of it works uh, yeah I recommend doing a little bit of digging and, and going through those those interviews they you know they they they're not outdated um, in the slightest by any means and um, there's just a wealth wealth of information so yeah. But um, what, what, did you have any um, specific um, uh, questions? I was just, I was just going to say it's the the interview I think you're talking about was the decred ensemble ensemble um, with with Mathis and yeah that was an amazing one I need to go and watch that again. But, yeah, there, uh, there were a few in fact. I think he's made like two or three appearances and I and I bet every single one of them is is just gold. Yeah, I'm literally yeah. going to have to go back through all of them because it's it's um, brilliant. But actual fact, now Matt's on, actually. It might be because I saw you guys get his question answered as well. So I don't know if you, you want to elaborate on, on what the answer was for the whether you can lose funds when channels open and close. So from, from my understanding, um, it works like this. Um, when, you, when, you connect, when you connect two nodes together... Um, you know, they negotiate, you know, the, uh, let's say, the balance between them, right? And um, when a node goes offline, there is some danger that, uh, for example, one side might want to broadcast an earlier channel state to kind of, you know, cheat the system a little bit and, for example, you know, get away not having to pay, um, you know, as much as they owed. And, uh, you know, if the node that went offline doesn't react in time, then, you know, uh, the other node can um, can pretty much get away with murder. And um, one solution to that is either to make sure that your, your node, um, you know, keeps up with the chain or, you know, if you can, if you can manage it, you know, just leave it, leave it running, um, you know, for as long as possible. Or I think uh, Matthias suggested that's what uh, you know these services, these apps called watchtowers are for. Basically, I haven't looked into this uh, yet because you know it, there's there's a ton of stuff to go through with with, with you know um, Lightning. It's it's several orders of magnitude more complicated than just you know trying to understand how the base layer works. But um, so it's, it's it's like the difference between physics on the one hand being, let's say, the base chain and quantum physics, which is, you know, spooky action at a distance um, on the other. And um, apparently these watchtowers are, are, a service, uh, are an app whose services you can retain to kind of watch the um, 
chain for you. And but basically, what they do is at least you know I'm, I'm kind of extrapolating from from having watched a few uh, a few videos and read um, you know a few things here and there. Um, I suppose what you do is you um, you retain you, you retain their services and give them what's called a, a, like I'm saying I'm, I'm I'm now extrapolating. You give them what's called a revocation secret, which is basically um, I don't know if it's a transactional. You know, it's it's a thing that um, if a watchtower detects that your counterparty is trying to close the, uh, the payment channel by broadcasting an earlier uh, uh, payment channel state to, to you know, cheat you out of, out of your money, then that revocation secret is basically like a, like a uh, Uno reverse card. So instead of allowing the counterparty to basically steal your funds, once this revocation secret gets broadcast, it locks the uh, counterparty, you know, out of, out of the contract and transfers the entire balance of the uh, payment channel to, um, to you. So this is kind of like a justice mechanism that's supposed to, uh, to prevent, um, you know, your counterparty from, from trying anything funny. Cheers to that, man. No, that's uh, that's amazing. Yeah, no, I, I kind of uh, I got a little bit of that conversation, but yeah, thanks for explaining that a little bit more. That's um, yeah, the watchtower seems really interesting. From what he, from what uh, Mathis was saying, is they're completely private as well. So as well as as well as uh, monitoring their own channels, they're kind of monitoring the rest of the states as well, which I I thought was quite interesting. And I think Jake was saying that they they're trying to set something. It's either the nodes or it's the watchtowers. Where they're they're trying to set them up with like trusted people, so that um, you know, obviously to mitigate against some of the the, the problems. Which I, I guess there's there's an issue there as well, where you need these people to be trusted as well. But I suppose there's nothing stopping you from running your own watchtower. So it just means you've got to be more more involved. And I think Matt said actually in the discussion about him him being kind of a, a passive user, where he'd turn his turn his computer off for a month and then come back. So he'd be He'd be the use case where um, this infrastructure would probably be most important to. So uh, I, I did think that was really interesting. So they're, they're still ironing out these little issues. Um, and at this at this point, with the, the little amount that people are putting into it, it's not going to be an issue. But I can, you know, this could be an issue in say three years' time when Decred is worth a lot more. And and based on based on whether this is going to be successful, I. I, I have no worries in thinking that Decred is going to be worth a lot more than it currently is. So it's it's worth thinking about these things now. But because um, that was absolutely brilliant, thank you. Yeah, I, I think also another potential kind of parallel solution is, uh, I believe there will be kind of a big uh, kind of a popularization of those kind of node in a box, uh, plug and play uh, personal servers, like what Start Nine is doing, what. Uh, Umbrel is doing and some others. Uh, and I think with that, uh, we could kind of uh, put a bunch of uh, like different features that might not be convincing enough on their own into like a nice packaged box. Uh, so things like uh, storage for your files, uh, a very easy to set up lightning node that is always on 24 uh, seven. 
and then also Bison Relay on top of that. And that could potentially, I think, also solve the multi-device problems because you have this node that runs 24-7 and then you just uh, connect to that from any device like mobile or PC or whatever. And uh, everything stays consistent. Uh, I think that's, and, right. that's a brilliant yeah. idea. Yeah, 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 and and then and then that could even like include other pieces of technology like like the uh, LoRa mesh nodes, like I mentioned. So if there is some other node in close proximity, you can even like ignore the. Well, no, actually, you you need a, a server uh, to be in proximity, but yet there are some benefits to that as well, or just for communication. Um, so to put it very simply, for uh, uh, for everyone. Uh, people like me who aren't very technical. So basically, you, we're talking about a box, right? Yeah, yeah, you just, you just uh, would, uh, you, you, ideally, you'd have the ability to either buy a pre-made or build it yourself so you have more trust in it. And then if you buy the pre-made, you just connect it, uh, click Setup Lightning Node, uh, click Setup Bison Relay. Uh, yes, it, uh, it's basically a sovereignty, yeah. sovereignty box, uh, plug and play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and that's I think what what uh, Start Nine is uh, doing and a bunch of others, and also uh, in, including the Dex into it, so that you have a Dex that stays uh, on twenty four seven, and you can connect to the Dex from any device and just trade or set up you know more long term trades that require the Dex to stay online, like you know buy orders at uh, very low prices or etc. Et uh, and of course, this is all kind of possible already. And probably it's not that difficult, as I think Kozel mentioned, uh, like setting up the decks on a uh, always on uh, like Raspberry Pi node or something is uh, pretty easy. But I think most people they won't be, uh, you know, they won't have the time to even think about this. So kind of like a pre-made solution where you just click a few buttons and it's and it just works. Uh, and oh. and then yeah, that'll be perfect. Perfect. Yeah, that's uh, that's so. Um... I mean, I can see this really being the future of uh, the Decred ecosystem, something like this. I don't know. But basically, the, you mentioned trust. And I imagine the issue here would be the similar to what hardware wallets have, right? Like you order a hardware wallet, and then how do you know um, it's really not preloaded with some... Uh, something that will steal your coins and so on. Yeah, right? exactly. And and then for some people that will be a fine trade-off to make because they are only planning to maybe put like a few dollars worth of uh, decret onto the thing. Or for some other people, they they might you know decide to build it themselves using like off-the-shelf things like Raspberry Pis and you know stuff like that. And then put the yeah. open-source OS on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is amazing. Also, I mean, this is a, a great topic for another article also. But, uh, you know, also from the aesthetic point of view, let's let's say, you know, having like this uh, uh, cypherpunk box uh, <laughs> you can buy, let's say for, yeah, from yeah. a uh, marketing also perspective, it's so cool, right, this idea. Yeah, and, and, I, and I even mentioned uh, in the Matrix chat, like uh, reaching out to, to Start9 and Umbrel and others, uh, because I think they would really benefit from uh, services that you could provide, like the decks, uh, like for them, if anybody wants to say, uh, like in the future we'll have, uh, like very soon we'll have stable coins on the decks, and let's say even Bitcoin maxis could uh, benefit from being able to 
exchange BTC to stable coins uh, in a like sovereign way uh, and private way. Um, my, yeah. yeah, my intuition here is that this is definitely a direction that uh, Decred should explore. Definitely, there is something here, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, and speaking of which, because you've just reminded me of something I wanted to say, but because I, I, I tend to, you know, ramble on, I, I'd completely lost my train of thought. Uh, earlier, there was a question uh, whether, you know, the Lightning Network could, could, like, for example, the Decred Lightning Network could somehow work with the, uh, you know, other, um, you know, coins' uh, Lightning Network. And from that one interview with Matthias, the answer is a resounding yes. And apparently, um, it's it's something that's you know that was possible even you know as you know as far as three years ago when that interview came out. You might remember, uh, or, or maybe not, but uh, if you don't, I'm pretty sure there was a uh, video uh, available somewhere. Matthias even even produced a, a demo of. I think it was paying uh, paying for a um, Bitcoin Lightning Network invoice with uh, Decred. So yeah, there is a degree of interoperability between between these two uh, chains, and I think the third one was was Litecoin. So right. so I, I, I think you know if tools have existed as you know, let's say like even three years ago. Um, yeah, I think this is this is a, a direction. This this might very very much go. Um, you know, things might might go um, might go towards. Man, this is so fascinating. I, I actually remember Matthias making that claim uh, years ago. Yes, I remember. You know, um, I also wonder. You know, if uh, if there will ever will be a Bitcoin Bison relay. You know, if someone makes a fork of Bison Relay and makes it work with the Bitcoin Lightning Network. I wonder if um, it would be possible then to connect the two Bison Relays together so one can chat with another person even if they are on the Bitcoin Bison Relay. I don't think you would even need to, need to do that because if you, if you assume the interoperability uh, between, these, between our, our two Lightning Networks, there's nothing technically stopping, um, you know, Bitcoiners from using Bison Relay and not even have to having to touch, you know, Decred to pay for for micropayments because, you know, they could pay, uh, you know, these microtransactions and, you know, like transfer fees, payments, whatever. They could pay it in, in, in SATs while, you know, silently somewhere in the background, um, you know, some kind of a, a, a service would, would, you know, silently exchange it into into atoms. My God, that's so fascinating! You're right, right. Yeah, it will be possible. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think it's potentially a good idea to think about Bison Relay as a protocol and not an app, right? And it could be like just the first proof of concept app built on top of this protocol, right? And then we could see many more, and they they would all be kind of interconnected, and uh, yeah, everyone will be able to interact with each other, and we could have like multiple frontends. Yeah, like suiting different people. Uh, yeah, that's why I also think the current uh, current implementation, let's say, of Bison Relay, is just an app, right? We could say it's a social media app, but I think we benefit right now from people mixing these two things because now decentralized social social media is the most popular application. But actually, this is a 
like you say, this is actually a whole new internet, right? This is a internet protocol redone, actually. But for now, I think it's good to just uh, to just call it decentralized social media because that's the current thing people are talking about. But yeah, it's so much more actually. Yeah, and and that also kind of relates to the thing I was discussing about the competition and. Uh, how do we kind of differentiate ourselves and maybe the good strategy would be to just open this up to everyone and then we're all kind of on the same team uh, instead of competing potentially. Yeah, excellent point, yeah. So uh, basically uh, whenever someone joins I automatically send everyone an invite to speak because uh, at this point there aren't so many people here, so we can afford to have everyone as speakers. Um, if anyone else has uh, anything else they'd like to discuss, uh, let us know right now. I mean, this uh, space, I must say, it's um, it's uh, it's getting better every time. I mean, I'm uh, really pleased with how uh, the discussion went today. So many uh, great insights, uh, information, and I think it even has an educational uh, educational aspect because it's uh, it's motivating me to learn more about Lightning Network, and I think it's the same for many many of you. And um, uh, yeah, it was an excellent space, and I think uh, they will keep getting better every time. Hi guys, uh, oh, I, I got a question. If that's okay. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Go on, man. Yes. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? Um, yeah, I was just, um, pardon my ignorance, but I've just seen sort of on like uh, Twitter, a lot of people sort of like, um, uh, there's a bit of traction sort of going for this Nostra thing. And my ignorance is I haven't really looked into it. So I don't actually know. I just wondered if, if anyone had sort of like looked into Nostra, what it is, and if it, is it any way sort of similar to sort of what, what we've created on, um, you know, with Bison Relay? Is it, it sort of seems like, you know, from just a, I just roughly looked at it, sort of thing, and from what from what they're saying on Twitter, that it seems along the same lines, but gaining a lot of traction. Has anyone sort of compared the two, or sort of looked at, you know, where we're better or um, or we're worse compared to what they're doing over there? I, I I think a good comparison it would be that Nostra is kind of optimized for uh, broadcasting, so like you know, reaching the most uh, people and uh, in not necessarily like the most private way because that's not the point of broadcasting, right? And then uh, Bison Relay is more optimized for uh, private communications, more like kind of building internet tribes uh, and DAOs and you know stuff like that. Uh, yes, that's a really good answer, and uh, that's that would be part of my answer. The other part would be the uh, close Lightning Network integration of Bison Relays. Something that sets it apart from Noster, I think. Right. As, as far as I know, Noster doesn't have any sort of, uh, you know, payment uh, rails in integration. So, so that's one thing. Um, another was that uh, what was it? Um, I think I, I think there's been quite a lot of buzz around it, uh, mainly because, you know, at least. Now it's 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 kind of like you know uh, agnostic, so it's not really associated with any any sort of other other project, and I think that's uh, that's the reason why certain certain groups of people have taken to it so um, you know yeah. so much. 
because you know they, they I don't know, maybe I'm just reading into it too much, but, um, you know, maybe it acts as a kind of a blank slate for them to, to kind of, you know, adopt and, and make it their own. That's right. I think uh, that's, exactly, that's exactly right. If you see the pattern of um, Jack, uh, I mean, Jack Dorsey, what he usually endorses, yeah, it has to be something like a blank slate. And uh, he sees this in Noster and he popularized it, I think, before... Before he tweeted about it, it was still pretty small. Right, perfect. No, great answer. Thanks, guys. Yeah, sort of, sort of. So our sort of is more privacy, closed, sort of, uh, um, all, all within one, and and we could do sort of social media in there, but not sort of like on the scale of like Twitter, sort of like you know thrown out to everyone. Uh, but we'd be more sort of like in closed groups of like you know Substacks or Patreons or um, news feeds for for a certain group of people, whereas like. Uh, Nostra sounds like much more like a, you know, attempt of sort of like a Twitter sort of open, you know, open social media to everybody sort of type thing. So um, that's great answer. Thanks, guys. You're a really good question. And yeah, you summed up that really well. I think that's it. Perfect. Cheers. All right, guys. Uh, anyone else has something on their mind other than what we discussed so far? I was just looking up. I, I was trying to find it, but um, Dave, um, Dave posted what the the, the GUI was made up on, made uh, the platform it was made up of, which is the Google platform. Can anyone remember what that was? It begins with an F, I Flutter. think. Flutter. Flutter. That was it. Yeah. Any thoughts on on that? I, I had a had a little look at it. I mean, it looks actually quite good. And obviously, if we end up building pages and 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 websites and things like that, this is pretty much, I'm guessing, what the language we're going to be using. But has anyone had a little look at Flutter yet? I mean, I'm not a dev, so I cannot provide any really good uh, information. But what, from what I hear of other devs that I know here, locals, I heard really good things about Flutter. I mean, how it was made and how it can be worked, how it, easy it, it is to make it work on many different platforms, you know, on mobile and so on. Yeah, the, the language, I've forgotten what the language is called now as well. I think it's called Dart. 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 Yeah, that was it. The, the language looks fairly, fairly straightforward. A bit, a bit kind of a cross between um, Python and JavaScript. But um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look too bad. I, I noticed that they had a little competition for building clocks on the Lenovo, um, Lenovo smart clock. Which some of the, mm -hmm. some of the entrants for it look really, really cool. So uh, it's quite nice to see that they've actually they've they've got the. It's quite nice to see that they've got the actual structures fathomed out so that when we do get to a stage of having um these these storefronts and things like that there's actually frameworks already existing for us to patch into which i thought was was really really cool it's not like they're going to start trying to build their own frameworks and stuff so they're, they're using a pre-existing one which i thought was just amazing really right right i think i think google actually uh, no matter what we think about them you know as a company google search and ads and all that but as um uh, the engineers at google are I mean, uh, the top people of the world, right? So the grid itself is written in a language that uh, Google came, came up with, right? Language called Go. And, uh, and now we're using uh, Google stack again, basically Flutter and Dart. And uh, yeah, from the engineering point of view, they are uh, amazing. And I, and I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, you know, Google is building a new operating system uh, that 
they think could replace Android and could re could replace all other op operating systems for devices. I think it's called Fuchsia. And I know that uh, Dart, this language you mentioned, and Flutter would be the central elements of this new operating system that would replace, um, you know, Android and Java and so on. So that's interesting. It's interesting that you will, you will use the same Flutter. Yes, yeah, it's, it's so forward thinking. I just, because um, I hadn't really conceived this. I, at first I thought, you know, they're building this all from the ground up. And I noticed the icon on the app was like a bit strange. Um, so I'm hoping they do they do update the the app icon, but um, yeah, delving delving more into it, it's, it's nice to see that there is this solid framework that already exists. And, and like you say, if, if they're going to be using Dart in the future for their their front end development for for a new iOS for a new um operating system, that you know it's yeah so forward thinking. Um, looks really yeah. impressive. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start delving into Dart this week actually and see see how I, how I get on with it, but. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to know what everyone else is thinking on that one. But yeah, thanks. Obviously, another good uh, thing is that if you use something that has such a major company be behind it, right, you know that uh, that thing will keep getting updated and looked after, and keep and improvements will keep coming and so on. So, like you said, it's forward thinking, yeah. And it's all open source as well, so it's not like you're good. Totally. You're living totally. in Google or anything like that. You actually, you know, no, you just use exactly. the frameworks. Yeah. Even even if Google totally drops it and say we're not interested anymore, you, the open source community will pick it up. So, which they've done it actually for a lot of Google products. They've actually done that in the past. Um, uh, what was the one we used to use at school? Um, Scratch got taken up by MIT. I mean, that was quite a nice little learning platform for for building code blocks and things like that. So, yeah, it's, it's actually happened in the past where they, they dropped these products and someone else picked them up, so, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's known. <laughs> that's very known about Google that sometimes they create products and then they drop them, yeah. But I think for this kind of stuff, like languages that are core also for their own uh, systems, it's uh, pretty unlikely, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Google is an interesting company to me. I kind of feel like... They have like uh, some secret team pushing their kind of uh, freedom agenda over there. Because like on one hand, they have, you know, all this data collection and all that stuff. But at the same time, they're kind of behind uh, one of the most important open source tools. And also uh, like the, the Google, Google Pixel phone is like one of the go-to phones for privacy enthusiasts. And yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at the history how they started, right? They started very, like, it was pure idealism, right? I remember, I'm old enough to remember when there was no Google and suddenly it appeared. And basically Google was like this uh, underdog company against this huge Yahoo, Alta Vista and all, the, and, and all that. And they had a clear ideological, like strong message for freedom and open source and so on. Unfortunately, then later when they became a corporation and uh, shareholders wanted to see profits, then they, um, they switch to something else, but as you say, I think that core is still some is still there somewhere. I mean, there there is some some people inside with that have these beliefs. I'm sure. Yeah, and I mean, don't forget, open source software is actually the frontier at the minute. So you've also got people like Microsoft owning massive um, um, places where code stored in the form of GitHub. I think that 
from what I remember, that's still owned by Microsoft. So, you know, open source software, you've got all these really passionate people that are building building tech. And I mean, I've been I've been involved in open source software for many, many years. One of my first ones was, was a program called Blender 3D, which is absolutely amazing. So, you know, being able to store the, the repositories on, on GitHub and things like that is actually kind of quite important to, to a lot of these big companies' infrastructure now, so... And it'll be interesting to see how that goes forward in the future as well. But I mean, that's a that's a story for another day. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the open source ideals are so uh, really are the ball. I mean, this is why we are all here, right? Um, I mean, if you think about it, even it connects to everything, even to uh, to Twitter, right? What's the problem with Twitter? Is exactly that it's not open source that we cannot see the algorithms that are how they are picking content and so on. Um, this won't this won't be the case with Bison Relay, right? So open source. I almost think that that, that should be part of anyone's criteria now for looking at a new system like a, a social media platform. That should actually be part of the checklist. Is it open source? If it's not open source, they're they're working against you. And you know, in much the same way that I put together a checklist when I'm looking at cryptocurrencies, does it have this? Does it have that? You know, and and leave it alone if it if it doesn't. We should. We should really be thinking about a checklist now for when we start using platforms. You know, is the is the is the code open source should be high on that priority list, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was actually thinking of um I mean I'm I'm in the process of making a website, it's not finished yet, but it's something like that, you know, that it would have a, like a filter that you could filter all crypto projects based on this kind of criteria. So to help like new newcomers newcomers choose uh, crypto. Yeah, I, I, I do the same. I mean, I've just got a little checklist. And after the first year of being in crypto, what the first point on my checklist was, does it have a max cap of 21 million or thereabouts or, or some kind of finance, finance exactly. supply? And if it doesn't, just leave it alone. And straight away, what I was able to find is I literally could cancel out pretty much the whole of the top 1,000 coins minus about 10 coins. And then I could just research those 10 coins, which makes life a lot easier right 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 yeah same same for me i mean if it's the if the supply is not uh, predictable i mean hard kept is not for me it's not absolutely necessary but it must be absolutely predictable and no threat of inflation for instance like uh, yeah i mean this is another conversation but yes i agree yeah now i've, I've kind of changed changed my view on the hard cap but certainly it has to be predictable and if if a yeah. change comes away from that twenty-one million or whatever, it has to be, it has to be warranted. But yeah, I mean, yeah, a discussion for a different day. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, actually, you know, not right now, of course, we will discuss Bison Relay only, right? Because now it's this is the thing in the Decred community, and also decentralized social media is the current thing in a wider crypto community, but. Um, I, uh, I'm sure uh, we will want to make spaces also about other topics, decred-related and crypto-related, even in general later. Yeah, I, th I think from from now on it will become so interesting because previously we were kind of uh, waiting, you know, many months for kind of every new feature or update. But now with Bison Relay, it's gonna be like a constant stream of of news, like. Uh, improvements uh, on the UX front, but also like new use cases built by like the whole community. And then we're we're gonna get uh, the new DEX update very soon with 
ETH and stable coins and all that. So that's going to be a massive thing as well. So I think it's going to be a really exciting uh, next year. Right, right. I mean, the, 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 Dex, uh, the DEX update is a huge one, really, a huge one. For everyone who, um, who doesn't like sex, uh, centralized exchanges and basically nobody should really, um, they finally, everyone finally gets a way to transfer um, native Bitcoin to stable coins, uh, which is the only way, unfortunately, it's the only way to protect yourself against the fluctuations. But uh, you know what? Um, when I talk to people who are like total Bitcoin maximalists, which I'm not using this as a derogatory term or anything. It just, I, I, I understand where maximalists are coming from in some ways because there's so many scams. So it's an easy mental picture to make if you say, okay, everything except Bitcoin is a scam. I understand that. But uh, it takes more energy to realize the truth, which is that most is a scam, but not all is a scam, right? There are really good projects out there. And when I talk to them, they basically tell me, uh, yeah, this feature, you know, if I can trade Bitcoin native with the stable coins, this is, uh, I, I don't care if Decred made it or anyone else made it, I will definitely use this. So this is a feature that is really, uh, uh, could be, could see widespread adoption, I think. Yeah, and I think it's very important to kind of, uh, like make sure we advertise that there's just like, there's no token involved. It's pure atomic swaps. You can even like, make of your own front end uh, where you can have like only bitcoin and some stable coins and that's it it's like fully open anybody can do whatever they want with it and yeah it's amazing right right it's important uh, to stress that out of interest which stable coins were they most interested in uh the ones i talked to usdc all right cool so just usdc or tether as well uh, no, the ones I talked to, they said USDC because they, you know they have some uh, they have some concerns about Tether. Um, personally, uh, I, I I'm also um, interested in the Paxos one. You know, Paxos. Um, it's similar to USDC. It's uh, BUSD, Binance USD is the same one. It's basically the same as Paxos. Yeah, and, and also like for, for Bitcoiners, uh, another use case could be just a privacy aspect, right? Like maybe you don't want to do all the steps on Bitcoin. You can just, uh, you know, swap to Decred where it's much easier to uh, to mix and there's a much bigger uh, anonymity pool uh, and then mix there and then swap back to BTC. Or uh, I think soon we'll have Zcash as well, which is another option. Uh, so, so yeah, I think there's a lot of potential to kind of use it as a, right. either your go-to mixer or just an addition to your privacy tools. You know, yeah, that's a really good point. You know, sometimes a few times I jokingly said, uh, which is an ugly thing to say, I don't mean it re literally, but you know, that I can see a, a future where um, Bitcoin becomes like an internet explorer, you know, of, of crypto. Basically, you need Bitcoin to enter, uh, to swap, to decred, and then you enter into this whole ecosystem where you easily mix, you you go to Bison Relay and so on, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. It's there, there's so, certainly, it feels like a massive difference between like once you enter the kind of sovereign ecosystem, 
then you're kind of all all good to go, right? The the, the only difficult so, part is kind of entering. The only difficult part is entering. So the Bitcoin will remain the ticket to enter, right? I mean, one could say, yeah, stables. Yeah, but that's really not a good answer because you cannot get stables. I mean, the way to get stables is equally hard to getting Bitcoin, right? It's like, it's not like cash, right? Yeah, and then they had, they kind of went the institutional route and have all the, you know, influential uh, people and regulators kind of behind Bitcoin that it will be much more difficult to kind of uh, straight up ban it uh, or make it inaccessible than other coins. And then once you have Bitcoin, you can access everything else through, a, through atomic swaps. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the difference, uh, yeah, if someone said, what should I get to, to enter the Decred ecosystem? Should I use Bitcoin or uh, stables? Obviously, the answer is Bitcoin for me because stables still have this possibility of banning uh, banning you, right? I mean, the, uh, there were instances before where they were sens they were basically locking someone's uh, account, right? I mean, Coinbase Coinbase can do that with uh, with people's USDC. Yep. Yeah. Certainly. It's still kind of fully permissioned because they can just say we uh, like we don't accept your USDC and we won't won't like give you dollars for them or whatever. I'm I'm guessing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, they can they can also they can also work on the uh, on the level of the on the Ethereum contract. I mean, they can really lock your um your uh, account from using the usdc they still have that that uh, power i mean for for a, for a hacker i i can't remember which one but they they use that power yeah yeah all right guys i mean this is an amazing conversation um getting back to bison relay um any other thoughts We can, uh, perhaps we can wrap it up. I mean, uh, it's one hour and a half uh, this time. So half uh, half the time of the last time, which was really long. It was three hours. Yeah, that's, um, that's still respectable. Short and sweet, but yeah, we, <laughs> we've gone on long enough. <laughs> yeah, I think one hour and a half is also good I'll because, you know, if someone Christmas wants to... Eve, so. ask, oh, sorry, sorry. Go on, sorry. No, no, no. I was, I was just rambling. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of people will be busy uh, now. Yeah, and also, you know, if someone wants to re-listen, one hour and a half is, if, is totally doable, right? But three three hours is is uh, Joe Rogan level. <laughs> it's really long. And uh, maybe for now, one hour and a half works better. We will see. Yeah, we could yeah, maybe we'll even do more. more. King, we'll start milking, uh, you know, the length once we're getting, you know, uh, those those payments you know, like for, uh, you know, streamed by the minute. Well, we'll just make it a 24-hour thing, baby. Yeah. Yeah, that's an amazing point. I mean, I can't wait for uh, spaces on uh, Bison Relay, Bison Spaces. Um, thank you so yeah, much, that, guys. That would be, that would be yeah. great. And it, I'm, I'm guessing it will be much easier to, you know, get uh, decred devs on there who don't want to, you know, necessarily use a Twitter account or, you know. That's an excellent point. That's totally right. Yeah, I, I think that's really true. 
Um, thanks so much, guys, for being with us, uh, for listening, speaking, and for those who are listening to, to the recording. And um, Merry Christmas. And I'm so looking forward for uh, next year, 2023, in, uh, for Bison Relay. I think it will be a huge year for Bison Relay and for Decred. All right, guys. Uh, have a nice well. evening. Thanks, guys. Um, Thanks. Great show, Tibra. Thanks for putting it on. Thank you all. Thank you all. As always, amazing. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Cheers.